Please hold and you will be able to listen to the show. Now, Eric's supposed to be calling in. I just mm-hmm. put the We Are Live thing out to a bunch of places, so uh, we'll see what we can do here in a minute. Well, I am live streaming. I am live streaming the show on uh, TalkShoe right now, also. Okay. How is that anyway? I mean, all I've had I a do is operators help. All I do I've is call my access three number minutes until showtime, and it records the show. All it does is record and then it sends it out. It's not really a live broadcast. No, you can do live broadcasts. It's got a call-in number with an access number, but no, you can't upload audios and do commercials and stuff like that, no. But other than that, it's a live recorded until you tell it to end show, and it will last up to five hours. Now, you can do it 24 hours a day, but once once the... Recording once the if it kicks you off, then all you do is call back in, start another recording. Oh, okay. Well, <clears throat> that 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 would be kind of jumbled up. I don't want to get into that anyway. I talked I talked to the guy that we used to work at IBM the other yeah. day that had that wonderful program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we get our own server, he's gonna get he he's gonna uh, uh, let us test his program. Two for minutes all. until showtime. I mean, when well, you create an episode, yeah. when you put when you create an episode on his on his program that goes on the system, you can load up every Facebook page, every group you're a member of, you can list every Twitter account and all that stuff that you ha- that you can actually allow to post to. And when you create your episode and hit create episode, it automatically sends that to all of these places for you. Ah, problem solving promos. Oh, I understand. So, Bobby Ritter and I are going to get together on doing the doing the server, I think. So, him and I are going to invest in that little piece of jewel. But, uh, I mean, you know, when you buy two terabytes from Amazon for ninety bucks, I mean, you know, hell, I mean, you really can't go wrong there. Yeah. So that we got we got some things going. We got a lot of stuff going on. I mean, my my head's so full of information right now. It's like wow. <laughs> Mm-hmm. One minute until showtime. All right, guys, here we go. Countdown. Dear God, let us get through this in one piece. Make sure we give good information to everybody. Protect those who need to be protecting. Watch over us and make sure we do the right thing. In God's name, I pray. Amen.
Your show will go live in five seconds. Four, three, two, one. Hi, everybody. My name is Bobby B. Singer. This is Reach The Common America. Goal should be turning America to its constitutional republic roots. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of work, a lot of sacrifice that people make to accomplish certain things. That actually didn't belong to the federal government in the first place. It belongs to you and I. Some hope for the youth of our country. This is my next phase of my mission. The next greatest generation. You are listening to Reach Out America. If you're not mad, you're not paying attention. And if you're not paying attention, you're part of the problem. Good evening, everybody. It's Saturday. And we are having a great day. And uh, My name is Bobby B. Singer, and we are here with Reach Out America, the voice of the American people. Tonight we have Eric Moore online with us today. Uh, and also we have Brian Robertson. I don't know if Eric's got here yet, but uh, Eric, are you with me yet? Guess not. Hey, Brian, how are you tonight? I'm doing, I'm amused. I'm actually doing right well. You're amused? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you're amused. Anyway, yes. I, was, I, was look, I was looking at some information today, and I was uh, going through, um, got into this big, big concept with, uh, let me get over here so I can find this. So I, never mind, I'm not even going for it. Um, there was a meme out today that says, you know, when we start putting Obama in jail for everything that he's done and when, you, when we start putting uh, Clinton in jail for all the stuff she's done, I would be perfectly okay with him putting the girl, uh, um, the lady that uh, went to jail for, okay, for, for gay marriage uh, certificates in jail. And, you well, know, I, I kind of I I agreed with that. I mean, if, you know, if it's violation of the law, everybody should follow the law, and everyone should have to uh, be accountable for that. You know, at the same time, you know, she actually she told her entire. Go ahead. Actually, I will disagree with you. Okay, that's part of my amusement. Okay, when I said I was amused, not knowing you were going there, I find that even amusing. So. I shared the Fox News story, right? Republican presidential right. candidate Mike Hub- Huckabee said sending Kim Davis to jail for refusing to issue marriage license to gay couples is the criminalization of Christianity. I said that when the thing got passed. Okay, no big deal. And someone commented. Uh, let me see here. So someone made a comment. They They said, hey, she's supposed to keep her beliefs separate. Because, uh, you know, says her religion is supposed to be separated from her job. She should be arrested. She should, should she be arrested? No. Fired, maybe. I said, since when does someone's, be- since when does someone's belief is to be separated? She said religion and state is supposed to be separate. She works for the government. I don't bring my personal beliefs to my job. Most of us would lose our jobs if we did. I said, can you prove that? I said, nowhere in the Constitution does it say separation of church and state. I said, we're going down the same road as Nazi Germany. Did the citizens of that time have the same philosophy? Yes, they did. This isn't about someone's belief. This is about right and wrong. And she comes back, oh, it does say separation of church and state. I said, prove it. And so she couldn't. She said, well, the First Amendment. 
I said, no, the First Amendment says that government shall not basically pass a law to infringe on, on a, another's beliefs. Her beliefs are just as equal as the other person's beliefs. And she said, well, the law is the law. And that's why I said I disagree with you. At one time, did the Supreme Court not say that blacks were one-third human and legal to be slaves? That was legal, but not lawful. There is a distinct difference in the terminology. Hitler made it legal to kill the Jews. That didn't make it lawful. There are certain natural laws that everybody knows. Why don't we use the word moral? Morals. Because, but, see, a lot of people don't believe in morals. Okay, all right. Well, you know, we, we operate in a country that are supposed to be operating a nation of laws. And, you know, the problem that I see right now is that we're handpicking which ones we want to follow and who is accountable for them. Uh, my that is whole correct. Situation was, if it was a law, if it was an actual law and she broke that law, she should be held accountable like anyone else. But at the same time, when you're worried about people passing out marriage licenses, when you've got people that's in the highest office of the land committing, committing outright treason, you've got uh, Hillary Clinton running for president committing outside treason, and, uh, uh, oh, good God, how many, how, how many different infractions to our national security has she, has she, has she uh, reached? I mean, has, has she breached? Uh, but she's still running for president. Uh, look at the back in the day when Reagan was in office and all of the uh, the little banks, uh, what, they, what they called them back in the day. Um, I forget now. But they all failed, and uh, we had to bail a bunch of them out. Uh, the, uh, the savings and loans. And uh, uh, all those people went to jail. And you go back here in 2008 and look at the billions the American people had to put out to the banks, and they're doing the same practices today, uh, and none of them went to jail. I mean, like, maybe one, two. I mean, Bernanke, I think, went. Uh, But there's a a reason why you don't – there's a reason why they didn't go to jail that I'm starting to learn. Absolutely none of these codes are the law. You get pulled over for – I'll give you an example. This guy I've been listening to, he got pulled over for driving in reverse in Virginia. Okay? He got a ticket. He goes to court. Prints off the actual law. See, most people look at statutes and codes as law. No, that is not law. That is codes or statutes. That's based on public law or what we call natural law. In other words, we all know thou shalt not kill, a.k.a. commit murder, self-defense is allowable. We know that is a natural law. You do not commit murder. So based on that public law or that natural law, then we pass certain, then we have codes established that clearly defines the boundaries of that law. Okay? So what he does with that ticket, he goes up in the court. Judge says, do you understand the, the charges? He says, oh, yeah. He says, he plead guilty, not guilty, no contest. He said, not guilty. He said, what? He said, it's real simple. You drove backwards. He said, no, I'm not guilty. He said, let's look at the law. The judge says, 
That's not how we do things. We look at the facts and then judge you based on the law. I said, she said, no, let's look at the law. So the judge reads off the code. He said, no, Your Honor, that's the code. Go underneath it and read the actual law that the code came from. And in the code, it goes over explaining, the, explaining what it is, and it says that you're only guilty of violating this law if you do damage to another person or property. And he did, he did not do that. The judge said, I didn't know that. Dismissed the case. We think because some group of people pass a code, oh, it's the law. We have to follow it. No, there's a difference between lawful and legal. Like I said earlier, in Nazi Germany, right. they made it legal to kill the Jews, but was it lawful? No. Well, you know, you get, I was there were several people that are out there that do it that are doing a bunch of so-called legal things um, that uh, I, I tend to laugh at because of some guy tried to tell me one day that uh, the statutes did not did not did not did not apply to the American citizens. I'm like, well, you have to be understand that some states use the word statutes instead of the word law. I said, so therefore, you have to understand that your statement strictly is not true. Now, with what you're saying is there is a lot of judges out there that have been appointed and have been elected that are from different types of law practices that are not well-versed in constitutional law or that are not well-versed in, in, say, driving laws or, or these type of laws. And it's a shame that we have appointed people to our benches that know about as much about the law as we do, and then they are in this in this idealism or, or set in their mind that whatever I say goes, and that's just not the case. But you've got too many uninformed Americans that uh, basically uh, don't know any better and just follow along with it blindly. How do you fix that? Well, you educate people, and that's coming to the show real soon. Um, just let everybody know you're listening to WINN, Berlin Integrity News Network. Uh, we do 28 hours of broadcasting a week. Uh, we have uh, our own uh, 10 Facebook pages that pretty much uh, cover all aspects of American life. And uh, we have a lot more stuff in, uh, going. I mean, uh, we're just up and coming. Uh, we were just a year old, August the 28th, and we have a lot more stuff on our plate to get accomplished. And, and we're going to be doing a lot more of that. Um, and by the way, if you guys are out there sitting around doing nothing, watching TV, uh, by all means, go to w, uh, go to w, excuse me, go to www.facebook.com 100ia. Uh, leave us a message. Uh, we need writers. We need uh, uh, we need the legislate people to write legislation. We need people to write news. We need engineers on our on our radio shows. Uh, there's a lot of things that the American people can do. We're all volunteer networked, and uh, we could really use some help here. We 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 have a lot of spots to fill uh, because we have a lot. We have a major agenda to accomplish. So if you guys can get out there and, and step up to the plate, we could really use the help. Okay. Um, so now, by the way, I don't. Know. By the by the way, guess what? We have an audience. We do. Yeah, unless they tell me to. Unless everybody yells at me and says, be quiet. I'm sitting here in a truck stop. Just ordered my dinner. So they, they 
they listening to me and they look at me and said, yeah, well, yeah, it makes sense what he's saying. I said, I lifted my microphone so you couldn't hear me while you were talking. I said, yeah, we're doing a live radio show. They said, you are? I said, yep. <laughs> well, everybody, everybody listen up and welcome to Reach Out America, the voice of the people. Um, anyway, um, Eric, I think you're on the line now, right? Hello. Yes, I'm here. Eric, you joined the living. Wow. Hello, everyone. Okay. Eric, Eric is uh, the truck driver uh, running for president uh, of the United States. Uh, got a lot of really good plans on. But we're, we've got him here tonight just to let the American people see who he is as a human being without the candidate's uh, label on him tonight uh, and get to know who he is a little bit, a little more. Eric, yeah, I don't know if you've heard from the first part of the show. So what do you, what do you think about this uh uh, uh, how how we are as a nation are basically uh, inflicting uh, the word I want to use inflicting certain laws on certain people, but not actually uh, administering the laws to everybody. I mean, let, let, let me let me let me go into this whole further. If you or I, or let's say uh, George Bush or anybody else in America, would have stood up on a podium and called for ten thousand people to go out and hunt down white folks and kill them, where would you be today? <laughs> wow. I couldn't believe it when I saw that. But it don't surprise me from somebody like that. No. It's allowed to happen for certain reasons. It's, it's major propaganda. And it's pretty much coming from the top as we see it. And it's oh. very dangerous, and it, it has to stop. Well, it has to stop. But I mean, but I mean, if you're gonna, the only way you're gonna stop it is to reel it in, and to cut the head off of the snake. And uh, the snake is just getting bigger, from what I'm seeing. I mean, and, and everybody says we've got 16 months, 15 months to go. I don't know, folks, but I mean, I've seen a lot happen in the last seven years, six and a half years. I don't know if we're gonna be able to stand another 15 months of this. I think that's I think that's more right than you know. A lot of the economic experts I've listened to, they're expecting actually things to start this fall, sometime between this fall and next summer, that we'll be in a full fledged economic collapse and it'll be worse than the O eight housing collapse. Oh, it's it's gonna be really bad because, you know, the China thing that went down a couple of weeks ago, people don't understand. The United States economy is not just the United States economy. We we look at every. I mean, it, it's about everything. I mean, it, it, it it's it's about uh, you know it's all intertwined so much that we. I mean, we are not a standalone economy anymore. When China started slipping, we started slipping. What did China do? The same thing we always do. They took money out of their coffers to prop, prop up their own their own market system. Uh, and, you know, you can only do that so long. It's, it's like socialism. You finally run out of other people's money. Uh, you know, and the American government's been doing it for $50 billion per quarter for the last seven years, if, I, if, my, if my numbers are correct, <clears throat> to just basically keep people in Wall Street with jobs and keep Wall Street up and running. Uh uh, uh, Brian, would you take over for me for a few minutes? I've got to go curtail a couple of individual children that are running through my house now that I'm on the air, 
there and think they're going to start destroying everything, I will be right yeah. back. Go ahead, Bobby. What he just oh, said, made me, it, it really made a thought go through my head. You know, people talk about China and all this other stuff, and it's what the media tells us is all for show. It's not, none of that's the truth. I mean, I sit here and I look with the knowledge that I've learned in the last, what, eight years, I guess. If you look at how the Rockefellers did things, they got us all tied together, did they not? They got everybody to back the dollar where they would they helped the Middle Eastern countries establish oil with the agreement that they had to put so much of their profits into the U.S. dollar while at the same time the media tells us they're the bad, evil people, this, that, and the other, they got everybody tied to the dollar. So you have to really look at what are they doing. They're bringing – everybody's doing a race to the bottom. It's, everybody is collapsing at the same time. This is not by accident. Bring everybody well, yeah. out to the dollar, the, the big Titanic, and then sink it. Well, what, yeah. what the deal is is – they, they, everybody has gotten, you know, you have to understand money is, is an imaginary item anyway, number one. Yes. Thing. I yes. mean, if you go over, if you go over to the island of Yap, uh, I don't know how much you know about your uh, Asian brothers, but they have great big, huge stone wheels. And the bigger the wheel is in the yard is, is, how, is how much money you have, you know. And, and uh, uh, it's, it's basically the same thing with us. Uh, we've got to the point where we have extended the system so badly that they're going to have to either let it crash and let everybody suffer, or they've got to admit to everybody this isn't for real in the first place. And do you think they're actually going to let that happen? No. Well, as long look as the Federal Reserve on that note. You know. Hold on, hold on. That, that doesn't mean nothing. Whether it says Federal Reserve on that note, Bank of China, whatever, that don't mean nothing. It's a logical plan. Go back to First World World War One. What you what were the steps? First, you saw economic. You saw the trade wars. Then you saw the economic war, the monetary wars, and then they pushed us into war to do what? Cover up the collapse. We get World War One. Out of that, we get what? To, supposed to fix the world-ish problems, the League of Nations. Did it fix it? No. Now we get the United Nations. How did we get that? Same thing. You get the trade wars, economic wars. We go to World War II, and out of that, this is the UN is supposed to fix all the problems. There's only one logical step left, and that's World War III. What are we seeing? We've seen the trade wars with China, Russia, now we're starting to see the economic wars, and next thing you know, they're pushing us to war. And out of that, what are they going to say? Well, the UN couldn't do it. League of Nations couldn't do it. We need world government run by the bankers, which they've already talked about that. It's called the New World Order. Uh, That's correct. Will the United States comply? Well, the people may not, but, I mean, at the end of the day, are we going to have a choice? It's going, to, it's going to be put to the point to where it's going to, like the Bible says, you know, uh, the mark of the beast. Um, it's going to be uh, uh, you, you, you either comply or starve to death, basically, is how it's going to be presented. Uh, and at the end of the day, there's going to be so many millions of people 
healed from the next war, then it's going to be a lot easier to be able to have jobs and have housing and, and rebuild because there's going to be a lot less people to care for. You know, war has always been about population control more so than anything else. When a, when a, when when people get to the point to where there's just so many of us that you cannot sustain it anymore, uh, uh, it's it, 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 you don't have any choice. And I know that sounds really inhuman, but I mean that's basically the way it's all about. This when the needs of the many outweigh the production of the few. Uh, you have a problem with uh, people being disheartened and, and people feeling like they're lesser thans and and they, people start feeling um, like they don't have any other way to go. Uh, but, you know, uh, you know, it's a shame that to, 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 to make this statement that I'm going to make. But, you know, the United States could close its borders. The United States could actually lock down everything and we could sustain ourselves and our people just fine and not have to worry about anything else in the, from anybody in the world. We have all the resources right here. I mean, we have more food than we could eat. That's the reason why we ship most of it overseas to feed everybody else. Uh, so let, me play, really let me play devil's advocate, okay? All right. You say lock down the borders. How do you propose we do that? Well, I mean, stop trading with everybody. I mean, just shut it off. Yeah, y'all do y'all's own thing. We do our own thing. You'll find out how much you get, how much you love us at that point. You know how much you well, need us at that point. So you, you're talking about not physically putting up walls and securing it that way. You're talking about quit trading with all these countries. Right. I mean, do you, do you, do you know? We don't need you. Do you do you know how much if we quit trading with China, how quickly? Our store shelves will become empty. Eighty percent of everything we sell, everything you know eighty percent of what we sell is from China. You know how quickly right. unemployment. Do you know how quickly unemployment ends in the United States when it happens? Well, I understand unemployment would end, but we have to build the stuff to give people jobs first, and we don't even have the infrastructure in place to even do that. <laughs> Because we uh, got this know, part made in this country, we got this part made in this country, and we bring it to this warehouse and put the car together and then ship it to this location to sell it to these people. We don't make anything all, from start to finish here in this country. Well, that could that could be done. You know, you know, we had we were doing the same thing back in the war before World War II. We were getting a lot of our products shipped in from other nations and so forth, and, and that ended. Uh, we were up and running in ninety days. Uh, we have got enough empty warehouses and buildings sitting in this country to be able to bring all that back overnight. Uh, we have the resources to do it. We have the technology to do it. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it wouldn't be, we wouldn't come back tomorrow, but we True. could be up and running in 90 days. If with the right leadership, we could be up and running in 90 days and self-supported. Now, a good thing would be... That's part of my jobs program, too. I mean... Our economy is going to be so robust. I should go to Washington because we're going to be we're going to be attacked so bad. We're going to be called isolationist. Their little famous right. socialist word that we cannot self-sustain ourselves. We have to share with all. That's going to come to an end. And I don't mean like an abrupt way, like Bobby said. You know, we're going to we're going to start cutting back here and here and here. But within a year, a year and a half, we're going to start having infrastructure to support ourselves. We already have the agriculture to do it. 
we're going to be the breadbasket of the world once again. And we, once we get moving, there's no stopping us. It's been proven well, time and time again. And that's what well, we're going to have to do. Brian, how old are you, sir? Uh, I'm 42. All right. Well, I don't know if you're aware of this. I, I know Eric and I discussed this. Before. But I, there, have you ever seen a, 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 a vessel called a Liberty ship? No. A Liberty ship is probably about a third of the size of the Titanic. Still a pretty yeah. good size vessel. Yeah. Uh, maybe, 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 yeah, probably a third of the size of the Titanic. Maybe half the size. It's a really good size ship anyway. Mm-hmm. We were putting out one every 11 days during World War II. We were well, building one saying, every 11 days. Yes, you're right. I am not saying that we can't do it. That's not what I'm saying. If, let's say you're right, that if we just did that and it took us 90 days to get up and running, do you realize how much we would be indebted to someone to be able to get the backing, to be able to do that, because do we have our own money? No, we don't. The the, the establishment okay. has done this. They now I'm I'm going to give them a little bit of credit here. They were virtual geniuses how they set us up to take the fall. They've got every country tied together in certain ways to where when this whole house of cards comes down, everybody goes down. Right, because then they have to look for, like, for for one person or one organization to pull everybody from the ashes. And you know what? I don't. I'm hoping and praying. Now you have the well, excuse me. I hate to put it this way, but the 47 percent that will be there with their hands out. But you got the 53 percent, you know, that are out there going, "We can rebuild. We will rebuild, and we don't need you." I mean, we can go back to the barter system. We can go back to doing a lot of things, basically, uh, that mankind has learned to do over the years. We can recreate our own society. And, Eric, I didn't um, mean to say do this overnight. But, I mean, smart people no. with smart, smart leadership would start getting this done over a period of time and then say, hey, you guys can act stupid if you want to. We really don't need you. Have a nice day. You know. But, you know, the first thing we can do, basically, if you really want to make it really, really not so obvious, is if Congress would pass a law requiring all American retailers to carry 40% American goods. If you did that, that alone, we ha- and also say that, I, that 50% or at least 60% of all oil that we use in the United States has to come from our own wells, we can do that easy enough. And a lot cheaper than we're doing it, bringing it in from from and the our environment and the risk of the environmental catastrophes in our open waters would be uh, basically taken care of at that point. Uh, you know, uh, we can we can make coal, coal uh, a viable a viable fuel source. I mean, God knows we have tons of it, uh, and, and make it a clean type source. I mean, we have technology that can do all that, but you got to get the people thinking. The corporations and everybody thinking what's good for the people of America and not what's good for the bottom line. But people don't understand what's good for America has always been good for the bottom line. I mean, not not to the degree that their corporate CEOs are getting $300 million bonuses every year, 
But, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> I've never met a man in my life worth that kind of money. I'd like to meet one one day <laughs> for doing a job. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I mean, and that's, everybody everybody screams about the United States is on its way out. We have $187 trillion in assets worldwide. Uh, you know, if you really want to get technical, we could go into all of our uh, munitions warehouses and get rid of all the stuff that we will never, ever use and sell them to all these other places and pretty much pay off our national debt and keep all of our new toys uh, and, produce, and, and produce better ones. We, I mean, I was looking at a report the other day, the amount of money the United States actually spends housing, warehousing, and supplying electricity to them and, and security for all of them. Uh, it's astronomical. It's astronomical what we spend guarding and, and, and watching stuff that, 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 that uh, it's, it's amazing. Somebody's got something bleeding over. No, okay. I'm sitting inside. Hey, we have an audience, oh. Eric. You missed that announcement. I'm at the TA truck stop okay. in Harrisburg getting on everyone's nerves while they listen to us do the radio show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating supper. That's good. Well, tell hey, tell while you're in there, tell them the American truckers on the radio they need to call in and talk to Bobby and you and me. Yeah, give us a call, 516-453-9128. That number gets 4565, excuse me, 516-453-9128. You're listening to Reach Out America, the voice of the American people, and, we're up, and we are broadcasting live on Blog Talk Radio with WINN, World Integrity News Network. Uh, that was our station ID, and I did it right on time. Maybe I won't get fired by our program director tonight. <laughs> you know, and I understood when you said, you know, not overnight, but there's so many things that we can do within the first days, you know, uh, and within the first year to get things ready to beef up our economy and the job growth. And, and, and it's going to take off pretty damn quick if we get everything in place at the right time. And by then, all this word goes out. So you're going to have other countries that are going to want to have a fair trade with us. That's fine. But it's going to be a fair trade this time. It's not going to be, you know, and maybe China will wake up. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I have to, I have to, I have to understand China's position to a, to a degree. You've got two billion people living in a country. Uh, you know, they are, they're, their economies, they just dropped 300,000 people from their armed forces. That's how bad their economy is. Even they got a two million man standing army there, or is it two hundred million men? One of the two. At one time, it was a two hundred million man standing army. Uh, uh, you know, and, and a lot of that is to police their own country. I understand that. You know, but China, you know, look at China. China has vast. I mean, China is a huge country, and they and they have a vast array of, 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 of their own minerals and supplies. Uh, you know, their problem is they just got too dead young many folks. You know, everybody talks about getting the China. I mean, from what I've seen, you know, instead of us importing all these dead blame Muslims, bring us some Chinese. They actually work for a living and take a little pride in what they do. Uh, you know, uh, a little bossy bunch of folks, but I mean, I can live with that to a degree. I mean, most Americans are too, to a degree. Right. <laughs> but I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, you're talking about we needing to bring all these people in 
respite from this serious situation. Well, why, why wouldn't you bring the Christians here that are being persecuted? Why bring the Muslims here? You know, they get here and they want to talk about, you know, they talk about, oh, we're going to America, a better life, and they want to come back here and bring that Sharia law garbage here and, and all that stuff. And if you like Sharia law so much, stay where you are. This is not going to happen here. I mean, you there know, you I'm, I'm sorry to say this about World War III, but I think the biggest war we're going to have first is going to be a religious war in the world, which may be World War III. Albert, Albert <clears throat> Pike, hey, Albert Pike, in his writings back in the 1800s, actually spelled out all three world wars, and the last world war was supposed to be a clash of civilizations. What is happening it is a clash of civilizations. You got the Jews against the Christians, the Christians against the Muslims, the Muslims against both. You got you got Republicans against Democrats. You got Catholics against whomever. You got civil, different groups against other groups. Everything is going that route. That's what they're pushing well, for sure. Well, you know, the bad thing about it is, <clears throat> up until this administration came along, I thought we were getting along pretty good as an American society over here. <laughs> I mean, you know. We were. We were. I mean, I could, I, could, I could literally walk through any black neighborhood in Memphis, say hi to folks, uh, and get along and walk up and, and meet them. Heck, I lived on Mississippi Boulevard, which is South Memphis, back in uh, 2000 and when was that? 2002, uh, and because uh, I grew up in an all-black neighborhood. Black people don't bother me. I, 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 I like them, basically. Most of them are really good people to, for, for the most part. I absolutely agree. But when, you have, but when you have your administration picking and prodding and, and, and constantly trying to pick fights, it's coming all the way from Washington, D.C., uh, uh, you know, you know. For instance, you know, half the people in Washington D.C., including your esteemed uh, leader, as that's what you want to call him, uh, could all be put in jail for inciting riots. They're the ones that backed all this, did all this. Look at George Soros. Look at the money he spent in Ferguson alone inciting riots there, and, 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 and that kind of stuff. Again, if you or I had done such a thing. By even giving them a dollar to go break out a window, we would be in jail. But until we, well, the American people, stand up and say enough is enough, these laws were set in place to be administered to everybody equal. If you want to well, be a free and equal society, you have got to follow the same laws for everybody. Exactly. Exactly. Well, let's go you know, back. We can't bow into all these different cultures. That's just ridiculous. Well, let's 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 go back. We have our own you do not you do not you may realize how right you are, but you may not. A lot of people don't. And here's why. The government does nothing but push division. Okay? Go back and look at pictures. I've got the I've got a Time magazine book on in my truck on Martin Luther King. You look at the pictures in it, who do you see? Whites and blacks together arm-in-arm, peacefully protesting. Look at the original Black Panther Party. I cannot remember the guy's name. 
Why did they put him in in the FBI prison? Not because he done anything, because he was bringing the people together. Now you got this Black Panther Party now that's doing what? The opposite. And who's running all this division? The feds and George Soros. You cannot get up there and talk about killing other people unless they want it done to create division. The Bible says what? A house divided cannot stand. We as a country, if we don't come together as a people, we are going to fall. Exactly. Well, you know, I mean, and that's another thing with my platform. It's because we have lost so much faith in our politicians and, and most certainly our form of government, but our form of government still holds at the moment. And that's what's under attack. They're, they're weakening the foundation and the fabric of the nation with all this the Ferguson crap and Baltimore and everything else, and there's going to be a few more coming up soon, I'm sure. And that's the destruction, not from within, but the, the, the slow deterioration of attacking the rights and the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and our Declaration of Independence at the same time, because we are the strongest nation on earth because of our freedom and our strength and liberty and what we fight for and what we fought for and all in all the bygone days, and that's who we are, and they know they know we will make a stand. And that's why you, you hear all these stories of these veterans being locked up for frivolous crap all over the country, and then if they can't get them like that, you know, they try to get them a, a psychological evaluation. Oh, there's a little, we have a little problem here. You have, you, have, you might have some PTSD or you had some depression back in 1970. You can't have a weapon. You know, it's little things like that. It's how communism and socialism works. We've been warned about it for years. Senator McCarthy was right. Ron Reagan was right. And if we don't stand up now, after 2016, who knows what, what's going to happen if we make it to 2016. This guy has a plan. It's all planned out. And if we make it to the next election, we'll be blessed and we'll have a chance. If you can get somebody like me, that's not a politician, is not corrupt with all these corporations or or any corrupt party, we have a really good chance of getting this country back to way to the way that the founding fathers entrusted to us. And it's very simple, not math, but it's it's a simple fundamental ideology. That we're based on, and, and we got to stick to it, or we will lose this country. We really will. Well, I mean, you know, um, I was I was watching the other day when Donald Trump signed the agreement, the pledge to uh, put his support behind whoever the party was, and so forth. Now, Donald Trump's a pretty smart man. He's got to understand, <clears throat> and I hope he, I know he understands that now he's open season for the RNC because the RNC is not going to be happy until we have another Bush in office. That's what they want. They don't care about the rest of the, co- rest of the country. They want another Bush in office. And even right. Barbara Bush said it. Barbara Bush said it's very good. I, I put it on my page the other day, quoted. We've already had two Bushes in office. I nothing personal. But, you know, we have a lot of good families in America. It's time for somebody else's family to have that office. And I, and I had to admire the lady. She had the guts to stand up and say that. You know, I mean, you, I mean, if, 
if you get Jeb Bush in office, you got another you got another washout between the McConnell and, and Boehner and, and Obama. I mean, you know, it's going to be a it's going to be a it's going to be a, just a, just a washout situation again. You know, oh, we the American people have got to. This is this is what I consider pressing right now. The first thing we've got to do is September 21st. We're doing a call to action across all Facebook pages across the whole nation. We're going to have probably three or four hundred Facebook pages on this by the time we get it launched, and we're going to do a, <clears throat> a call to the senators, the Republican senators, and the Democratic senators that are voting for the Iran deal. Uh, we're going to try to put a stop to that, and I think I don't. If we put it to them the way we. Let me finish. I think if we okay. put it to them the way we're going to put it to them, uh, they will see there of our way. Brian, I know what you're fixing to say, sir. I've heard your argument before, but at the end of the day, I keep seeing the imam over there and the leaders of Iran talking about killing Americans, how to destroy Israel, how to do this and do that. If they really wanted peace with us, it seemed like they would tone some of that rhetoric down. Uh, well, I haven't I haven't seen any of that actually that's been verified, say in video or whatever. But here's my thought: We have went into all these countries. We've killed so many innocent men, women, and children. Don't you think these people would be pissed off at us? Absolutely. If we wasn't over there doing it, we were we were at one time one of the most loved countries in the world. Everybody wanted to get here. Now we're like one of the most tyrannical countries in the world. Oh, we used to go over and help people without a strings attached, and now we can't do that anymore for some god ungodly godly reason. I mean, you know, if you've got it, if you've got it, give, give. If you don't, you don't. I mean, you know, we sit there in, in Iran for one. We had uh, the, the the original leader there, and uh, we put the Shah in, and he was a complete tyrant. Uh, and, and then we had we Khomeini wanted. come in. Yeah, then we had Khomeini come in. Uh, we had uh, Saddam Hussein, which we put in power. Uh, and I'm sorry, if you really want to know the reason why the Middle East is falling apart, it's because we got rid of people like uh, the Shah of Iran. Uh, Gaddafi and Hussein. You gotta have somebody that knows what's really going on and the history of a thousand years of what it takes to manage these people that would rather be out in the street fighting, destroying stuff yes. than, than having a normal life. But see, why do we go in and overthrow these peaceful dictators like 1953 Mohammed Mosaddegh? Because why? They have to have wars. They make billions well, you know, and billions of dollars on on wars. These big corporations and these politicians that's got stock in everything. So what do they do? They took out Mohammed Mosaddegh, who was Western friendly, and put in the Shah. And we had we've had wars in Iran, Iraq, and all this stuff ever since. We put well, Saddam know, Hussein have. in place and trained him. And then we had to take him out. And what are they getting ready to do? Split Iraq up into three parts and give ISIS part of it. Why? Because it's our puppet. Well, I haven't even heard that part where they're going to split Iraq up and give ISIS part of it. Oh, my gosh. That was talked about by one of the generals 
four or five years ago, they actually, this was after 9-11 that the general talked about it. I'd have to go look it up and find his name. But he said, yes, the this magic is the order of the... Province. Yeah. They said, this yeah. is the no, order well, of I the mean, countries we're going to go into. And what happened? We went into those countries. They said, yes, we're going to split Iran into, I mean, Iraq into three parts. And what are they doing? Uh, Eric, what were you trying to say there? No, I agree with Brian, but the magic word is province, uh, you know, the Shia province and, and this province and the Ba'ath Party province and all that mm-hmm. stuff that's, that's involved with Babylon. And uh, the, 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 they're trying to reach back so far to the days of Babylon, and we're going to make it great again. And, uh, and it's part of the New World Order as well, just like you said, with the... the the corporations have to have war to survive, and the senators and the representatives and current presidents that are alive have investments in all these corporations. And if that stops, you know, you're going to end the Bush dynasty or the Clinton dynasty or maybe the new Trump dynasty. So everyone wants a dynasty, all these billionaires, and a lot of people think that Trump can't be bought out. They go, well... There are trillionaires in the world, and it's all it takes. It's a few billion here and a few billion there, and, and you're on your way. You're you're corrupt beyond corrupt. Well, you know, you know I would get it this way. I mean, when we talk about Donald Trump, I mean, he's got a he's got some skeletons in his closet. I love the stuff he's bringing to the table right now. He's actually making the race interesting. It's not like it's not like a bunch of guys sitting up there on a the puppet on the string anymore like we've watched in the last four elections, basically, as president. Everybody's following what the RNC told him to do, what the DNC told him to do. You guys know what a DNC is on a medical term. It's pretty quite fitting to have that they named it DNC, by the way. But anyway, uh, I had to put that out there. <laughs> anyway, um, but I, it's, just a, it's just a fact, Ben, that, um, you know, this guy is not afraid to stand up and say what he's got to say. And, and you know, and he and he's and he's got his own money. He's not worried about people. You know, Donald Trump, a guy, a guy, vote for me. I want you to vote for me. I can make a difference. Everybody says, well, he's just going to make uh, make some money when he's when he's president. Well, you know, he is in the entertainment business. And if the American people can afford to go to his casinos and stay in his hotels because of the things he's put in action, it's going to help make his businesses money. Guess what? It's going to make the American people money. I don't have a problem with that, honestly. You know, as long as what you're doing is good for the American people and you get something out of it too, isn't that kind of the American way in the process? Well, that, that's the thing. He's up there saying, I can fix this, I can fix this. Ain't no man going to get in office and fix squat. I'm sorry. This corruption exactly. is so ingrained into the system that and it goes back long before the Bush dynasty or the Clinton dynasty. You follow four oh, yeah. presidents. You go look at four presidents: Andrew Jackson, Abraham Lincoln, John F. Kennedy, and Ronald Reagan. And you find certain things they all have in common. They went against the central bank of their day. Until we get rid of the puppet masters, we're not going to have control of their puppets. Do you think they're going to let – do you think even if Trump gets in the office that he's going to be able to change anything without them trying to take him out? 
Oh, well, I mean, you know, if he makes it to Alfred without getting killed, that's going to be interesting enough. Um, will, he be <laughs> yeah. the most, will he be the most protected president in the history of mankind? Probably, um, if he actually gets there and does something. Uh, but the thing about Trump is that you guys don't get, I think they're smart enough to know that if they reach out and kill Trump, it's going to be a major day in America because they're going to make that man a martyr because they're going to know he was killed for a reason. You know, Kennedy was killed because he wanted to get rid of the Federal Reserve. Um, so that, so that, that was the basic thing. There, there was a lot of the other reasons. Um, and nobody but Johnson had him killed. And he was part of that deal. I, you never convinced me otherwise. Um, there, there, was, there was, you know, our own government had him killed. Uh, because of the fact that he was going away from their long-term plan to nationalize government across the world. Do they have plans for the United States to lead the New World Order? I bet you I bet you your bottom dollar they do. It won't be China. It won't be Russia. Uh, you know, because those countries don't have the means to support themselves. I mean, Russia's got natural gas. But as far as our raw materials and stuff, Russia's, Russia's been a country for how many years now? A lot longer than we have. They've pretty oh, much yeah. burned out, burn out all their resources. You know, um, China's the same thing. Who's going to have to take the flag to run, run the new world order? It's going to have to be the U.S. because we're going to have to supply the world with everything until we go, we go uh, mineral broke, basically. Um, I still say, everybody says, well, if we get attacked by this country or that country, trust me, folks, if we get attacked by this country or that country, they won't be here long because all this divisiveness within the country, the one thing that people have to understand is when it comes to the, to the darkest hour in America, we always seem to come together. Now, uh, that I agree with. Because, now, you know, we, we might fight amongst ourselves, and we're going to do that. We've been doing it for 200-something years. But you better not put your nose in our business. Don't, don't we're kind of, our we're like, without being invited. We Americans, we're like a bunch of brothers, okay? I can beat up my brother, but there's nobody outside the household better ever touch my brother. <laughs> exactly. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, that's the problem. I mean, with the NWO hanging out over where everybody I said, said When I said that, truck driver center eating, they looked at me and said, Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said it too. And uh, it, the, the United States won't lead the way, Bobby. I, don't, I mean, I don't believe. And that's why they're emboldening the UN. The UN will be the world order of the world. They will be the national police force. They will be the national fleet of ships. They will be the national uh, conquering uh, uh, police force for any trouble in the world. And they will overtake uh, smaller nations that maybe rebel against the new world order with, uh, like the rebellion we had with our revolution. Like, no, we're not. So they they take they keep taking them fighting away at the weapons and people owning weapons all over the world. And we're the last country in the world that has that in our Bill of Rights. And that's why you see the attack on our Bill of Rights all the time. You know, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and the right to bear arms and form a militia. And 
we were the last stronghold on Earth. Well, okay, in a perfect world, new president takes power. He does have some things he can actually do without Congress and do it legally. Number one thing, he could call up the, the director of the FCC and say, and say, we are going to start doing this right. All news has to be correct to make sure it happens or find the heck out of them. He could call George Soros on the phone and say, you are leaving this nation today. Divest yourself. Be on a plane tomorrow. He can actually tell the United Nations to leave the country without Congress's, without Congress's permission. He does have those powers. Yeah, I, well, and that's part of my platform. I think you both heard me talk about it before because they will have 30 days to find a new home. Uh, no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no going to be no negotiations, <clears throat> and they're just going to have to go somewhere else. And we will probably pull away out of the United Nations. There's no point in being there. It should have been in Switzerland in the first place. But the only right. reason why it was here is because we had to control it. That's our problem as a nation. We have to control everything. By God, let let the Britons and the and the Swedish and the Armenians and the Russians and all that do their own thing for God's sake. You know, be our trade partners. If you want to kill your citizens and they don't rise up and kill you, that's no that's on them. That's not our problem. Well, a lot of people don't realize. A lot of people don't realize how deep the UN is is forging our education. They're forging our economy. Or elections, um, they're part of the gun mandate that's coming up, and they're going to de-weaponize every country that they can. And it, they're doing it all over the world. And we're the last stronghold to do it, you know, because we stand together. There's certain things we're going to have to do pretty quick once we get there and, and, and make sure it happens because the attacks are going to come in, and I don't mean, you know, physical uh, War attacks, cyber attacks will step up. Um, uh, insurgent attacks will step up, like you see the uh, derailments of major oil rail cars. That's not an accident. Um, you just don't hear about it. But you have that many oil cars and go off the track in how many months? Come on. It's ridiculous. There's attacks on uh, corporate espionage as well, as you see with the cyber attacks. And it's a multitude of things, and we're going to have to act pretty quick once we get there to make sure we start shutting things down. Because, you know, just like the Muslim Brotherhood, they are embedded within the DHS now. So they can have powers over county sheriffs and so on, they think, because they don't understand most most citizens and veterans within those counties will stand with the sheriffs and the deputies. And they're going to protect their piece of American soil no matter what. I mean, the, the sheriff is the most powerful man in his world. I mean, he 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 can over. I mean, I mean, the sheriff in, in any county and across America, basically, is the most powerful man in that county, above the judges, above the mayors, above the, I mean, the city police. Right. I mean, he is he is the supreme being. The he sheriff. Goes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. and then we get some of these unconstitutional sheriffs out there that actually says that people who believe in the Constitution are are the same as ISIS. Really? I wish, because then maybe we would have some government funding. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Well, that's, you know, 
That's what I try to tell everybody. You know, everybody talks about the trickle-down economy and all that. The only thing that trickles down from our federal government is corruption and greed, period. Now it's involved in, in every state, major counties. You know, I'm in, a big, I'm in the biggest county in Missouri here in Jefferson County. And we've got corruption all over the place. Well, Since I started my campaign, I've got people calling me from all over the country about what's going on in their county with their sheriffs and their crooked judges and prosecuting attorneys and so on. It's just it's, it's sickening. Well, there is there is some truth to the trickle down economics, but not the way people think. Right. What what is what is the economy of choice that goes to the corruption? Who brings in almost all the drugs? Our government. It trickles down to the people, and the people go into slavery by going into prison. The drugs. I mean, it's it's not the trickle down theory for prosperity. It's the trickle-down theory for control. Right. Exactly. Power to tax is the power want, to destroy. Once, yeah, once you get everyone corrupt, you know, there you go. It's like a big happy party. A I don't know how many you party. people... I don't know how many of you people that know, know uh, drug addicts. But it's quite obvious that you guys need to get the drug addict locked up. Because well, I promise you, folks, those are the most creative folks in the world when it comes to getting what they need. Oh, shoot. You ever heard the old saying, you get the best drugs in prison? <laughs> right. Right. Ask Charlie Manson, he'll tell you. <laughs> That's right. That's Putting drug addicts in prison ain't going to fix nothing, and they know that. Keeps him off the street uh, to where he can possibly, uh, you know, do whatever. Anyway, guys, this Actually, is like two minutes before the top of the hour. Okay, it's go like ahead. We'll continue. Top of the hour, and you know, we're gonna go on break here. Um, I gotta eat my, I gotta eat my cookie roll sucker, and get, hey. my, <laughs> my, get, get my, get my, get my, get my vocal cords um, all back lubed up, and we'll be back in about five minutes. You guys are listening to WINN Retail America. The Voice of the American People. I'm President Your Hope. Eric Moore's online with my co-host Brian Robertson. We'll be right back. World Integrity News Network. Muted. For decades now, in the name of fun, food, and entertainment, conservative Christians and patriots have created a monster. And unknowingly, after we spent billions of hard-earned dollars supporting corporations and sponsors, we now see their plan. They systematically have fought politicians to spread their immoral social agenda, and they have sued in court and have successfully closed down some businesses. I say enough's enough, and let's feed this beast no longer. Feed the beast no more. So join our national boycott. They have targeted right now eight corporations and sponsors of media. If they catch that official list, head over to Pastor Sylvester Bland's page, www.theunitedstatesofamerica.us. Or call 951-360-3399. That number again, 951-360-3399. Or hit up United Saints of America. Like St. Paul, St. Peter, pluralized Saints. United States of America, U.S. Thank <laughs> you. 
The Expo in Cholo. Stand there and be aware. Cholo, Arizona, Southwest Shooting Authority, and Liberty for All 3% bring you the next Arms Expo happening on October 16th through the 18th in Cholo, Arizona. Reach Out America is more than happy to share this information and be vocal in the support of these two organizations standing up for our constitutional rights as humans. Make sure you get to the Expo in Cholo this October. Stand with Southwest Shooting Authority and Liberty for All 3% and get your liberty on. Stand for your rights is guaranteed by the law of the land, the Constitution of these United States. For more information, check out Restoring America's Heritage on Facebook and Liberty for All 3% also on Facebook. Cholo, Arizona is the place to be this October 16th through the 18th. Stand there and be aware. Earth can shake, the sky come down, the mountains all fall to the ground. But I will fear none of these things. Shelter me, Lord, underneath your wings. This is Dave Bray from the Patriotic Rock Band, Madison Rising, and you're listening to Reach Out America. Chuck O'Chelly, the host of O'Chelly Effect, and and he's been known for many years as a blind GFK researcher specializing in intelligence agency involvement in multiple assassinations, propaganda, and other global criminal operations in the 20th and 21st centuries. Chuck just keeps making sterling point after sterling point here, all right? The initial stages of surgically cross-sectioning the onion is where we are. The- it's something so far beyond the scope of what we've been told. And again, Chuck hit the nail right on the head. Those individuals who are completely immersed in surrogate reality, in just being concerned with staring down at their iPhones as opposed to looking at the world around them. The Ocelli Effect. The Ocelli Effect heard on the Internet. A great show. We get it. You are awesome. You are overflowing with ideas. Of causes to fight, movements to start, funky gizmos to make, talents and products to sell, and communities to build. But getting started, well, that's tough. There are way too many questions. Which technology should you use? Where will you have the best audience? What tools are out there? When you look for the answers, there seems to be so many options. But which one is right for you? There is so much to learn, and each part seems disconnected from the others. Ugh. But wait. What if you could find a single, simple solution to all of those questions in one place, a place where you can collaborate with others and release your raw awesomeness to the world? Introducing Collaborate USA, the single platform created to convert your ideas into reality, a place where you can share with other awesome folks or sell your products, a place that has all of the tools you need to do what you want where you can exert influence, lead a movement, or simply connect with people. A place where you can earn money simply using the platform, whether you're sharing, selling, giving, funding, or learning. It's about your brilliance standing out and collaborating with others. You are awesome. If you have dreams to reach, purpose to fulfill, or potential to release, we're the place to hang out online. Join Collaborate USA now. Release the awesome potential of you. Reach Out America Radio, where news is never produced. It's presented with integrity. Join World Integrity News Network seven days a week from 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central to 11 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com forward slash W-I-N-N. Also on blogtalkradio.com forward slash W-I-N-N-I-N-C. We are here to help work toward a better tomorrow.
The common goal should be turning America to its constitutional republic roots. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of work, a lot of sacrifice that people make to accomplish certain things. That actually didn't belong to the federal government in the first place. It belongs to you and I. Some hope for the youth of our country. This is my next phase of my mission. The next greatest generation. You are listening to Reach Out America. If you're not mad, you're not paying attention. And if you're not paying attention, you're part of the problem. Good evening, guys. We're back live. Um, Man, I have got somebody on the line tonight. I was watching the video today. And you know... uh, we're, we just started the We Are One America project across America, trying to get everybody to unite. Uh, we've got 16, 17 states up. I think we've got New Hampshire coming online tonight, uh, and Maryland as well. I think New Hampshire is already here. Maryland uh, online is uh, online as well. We got we got to get them set up tonight. But um, I got I met a guy today online. And I had a good conversation with him. His name is John Tate. He is. Uh, founder of Freedom Home for the Forgotten. Um, this guy has got a really great plan. He's got some really good stuff going on. John, are you online with us now? Yes, sir, I am. Hi, John. Uh, I want you to meet Eric Moore. Eric Moore is a hopeful presidential candidate. Uh, he's a truck driver. I've got uh, my co-host tonight, which is Brian Robertson, online with us. Um, and Brian's actually uh, broadcasting live from a truck stop tonight. Oh, uh, with us. Um, going on real. Anyway, John. Uh, John's gonna be online on, on the radio show with us tomorrow night for uh, for the Freedom Home Project. Um, tell us something about what you've got going on, John. I mean, I, I've got I kind of got excited about what you're doing. Well, we're really excited about what we're trying to get accomplished, and our goal is to get these veterans off the street. You've got too many homeless vets walking the street, and it's just uncalled for. So, uh, we got tired of. Uh, saying that somebody needs to do something and we decided to shut up and step up and that's what we did uh, my wife and I were tossing around the idea of selling our house we decided to sell the house and um, we were trying to find grants online and asked we originally made the video to reach out to people online to see if they could help us find money basically to fund this uh, project of ours uh, we weren't asking people for money and we still aren't and we're not going to um, we felt it was the government's responsibility to get these vets off the street um, and to help us with this. And we started looking, and we couldn't find any grants out there. So we decided, well, okay, we're selling the house. We're going to take the proceeds from selling our house, and we're going to go ahead and buy some land. And we are going to go pick these veterans up one by one and bring them back, get them help, get them established in the VA system if they're not already in there, if they need mental help, substance abuse help, whatever. Get them some help. Get them cleaned up. And I don't just mean mentally. I mean physically. Help them to get back to being productive members of society again. That's our goal. I, that, that, God, I I you. You, you, got, you were telling I me wouldn't. today that I want everybody, everybody online to pray about this because uh, John has got the possibility of a gentleman giving them 10 acres, I think it is, or 20 acres of ground uh, right outside of El Paso, Texas. Is going to gift it to them so they can build housing for homeless veterans. Uh, we are going to uh, try to mobilize some resources and get some boots on the ground once they get finally get this finalized to get this project going and get some guys down there to help them build these places and get these vets to let them know that the nation has not left them behind, that we are here to help them uh, further, further, further their lives and not just because they went over there and were used 
to defend our freedoms. Now we've forgotten them. That, that's not that's not an acceptable type of attitude that I think that uh, the nation has, uh, especially one side of the uh, nation anyway. I actually had a lady the other day tell me, and by the way, she got unfriended immediately. I can't believe you support veterans. They're just a bunch of dumb dummies that didn't have any better sense and didn't have any, have the capability of being able to uh, do anything productive in society. The reason why they went there. Well, guess what? In case you guys don't know, that you got to have a high school diploma to be a vet, uh, to be in the armed forces. You got to take college classes now to be in the armed forces. And these guys are more technically advanced than any most of the folks that I've ever known. Now, you have your grunts out there that, that are just, you know, but th- even them, those guys are trained so well, they could shoot a feather off of a, a dead chicken of a mile away. So, I mean, you know, uh, I mean, these guys are extremely talented. They're extremely bright and extremely resourceful. Um, you know, at one time, uh, the military was possibly just, a bunch of guys that didn't have anything better to do and didn't have a way in life. But our military today is not like it was back in the 20s and 30s. But these guys, even those guys stood up and defended our freedom. And I'm not putting those guys down. I mean, I'm just saying that back at some point in time in America, the jobs weren't available, and that's, and that's the resource where you had to go to basically support your family and, and to learn a trade. You know, I mean, so you you can learn a lot of stuff in the United States military. I promise you. Um, anyway, I think it's great that you guys are going to be, are helping this situation out. Anyway, guys, tomorrow night to talk to John Moore, uh, you can uh, also uh, uh, tune in to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash w i n n i n c. Reach out, America. We are one America. He's going to be live on up with us tomorrow night talking about the Real One America Project plus the, the Freedom Home for the Forgotten Project that he's got going on. We have Pastor Sylvester Bland on with us tomorrow night talking, uh, going to be talking about Feed the Beast No More and uh, the United States of America. So we're building a coalition of people here. We're, we're here to, to, to create a more perfect union, as our forefathers said. Um, so, Eric, well, what do you think about John? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, John, I, I will say this. I'm glad you're doing something for the veterans. My father-in-law, he's retired Air Force. My sister-in-law, she's uh active duty field medic with the Air Force. She does more with the uh, National Guard now. My nephew, he's active duty Air Force. So, I, I mean, I have military throughout both sides of my family and my wife's family and all this stuff. And I think it's great you're doing something. But Thanks, where sir. I disagree where I disagree is I wouldn't even bother with the VA because that's the picture of Obamacare. The VA well, you know declines people's health so much that they just want the vets to die. I agree with you a hundred percent. unfortunately that's it's just a, a it's a means to an end to use the VA. Um, yeah. These men and women don't have health care, and if that's all that is available so that they are taken care of or at least get some sort of treatment or help, then that's what we're going to have to use. Yeah. <clears throat> I had a comment. Um, you say your name's John Moore? John Pate. John Pate. 
Oh, yep. okay. Bobby had said John Moore. I'm like, hey, you know, maybe we're related. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. But, hey, God bless you for doing that. I've been an advocate for veterans all my life. My my father was a Marine from uh, World War II in Korea, and he taught me the importance of our veterans. And um, ever since that day, you know, I've always been dedicated to always putting my hand out and, and welcoming them home no matter what. And I've been so blessed in my life that I've met veterans from World War One, the current day Afghanistan. And let me tell you, I, there are no greater people that deserve freedom and liberty than those who stood on foreign shores and protected us. And we're going to remind everybody of that, especially, you know, especially if I make it, you know, and like you said, just keep using the VA because we're going to revamp the VA where it works. There's That's so much right. corruption and fraud in the VA, just primarily in the D.C. offices. And we're going to clean house, buddy, I'm telling you. I, people, you know, they think Trump will go in there and, and do this and that. I go, does anyone really believe that Trump would arrest Hillary Clinton? I guarantee I will if I find there's any. If she, gave, if she was giving, first off, she was already using taxpayer dollars for her campaign fundraising in the Mideast while she was on the taxpayer time clock. That right there is arrestable. So, yes, sir. That's the perspective I try to bring that to, to Washington that I stand, you know, my mentors in my life, I grew up in Ferguson, and all the mentors in my life were veterans. From World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, and so on, because they were everywhere we went. The barber, the mechanic, the police officer, the firefighters that taught me how to barbecue, and simple things like that. And and what's important to America, you know? And that, and my dad pointed that out to me when when our Vietnam veterans were coming home, they come down the steps as fast as they can, and their families running out. What do they do? They they bend down and they kiss the tarmac. Well, Dan, what's that? Back on American soil, son. There's no there's no other place like it. And that's who I'm fighting for. And we're going to remind our young people how important we are. And I, I've I've devised ways with you know people like Brian and Bobby and others that we're going to make that connection from the you know our current greatest generation. To our next one, because you know the socialites, the socialites and the socialists think, well, the greatest generation era is over. No, it's not. No, it's not. That that goes through the bloodline. You know, we've had other ones. You know, the founding fathers were one of our greatest generations too, and and it's come all the way this far. It's been entrusted and secured for us by veterans, and it's not taught anymore. Anywhere. It's not taught in schools. It's not taught at college. And we've got to pass this along. Like Patriots, you know, just like John, what John's doing down there in El Paso. That's amazing. But yeah, it, it has to be done. And there won't be one vet, homeless veteran within a year once I take office. We've already worked this out. There won't be one. But you got to remember a lot that I've met. And John, you're going to meet some, you know, as, as you go along. I, I started back in my gosh, 1978 with uh, homeless veteran advocacy, 
And some don't want a home. You know, they're, especially the Vietnam vets at that time, they were coming home and they were looking for themselves. You know, what did I just go through? Uh, some do become recluse. But then, you know, that's where God steps in. And that's where they do their most soul searching. So a lot of times you got to back off, you know, because you'll get those aggravated, you know, vets that are maybe stuck in addiction or depression or bitterness of, of what they went through, and they come home to a country that's spitting on them or, or cussing them out, calling baby killers and all that. And sometimes you just got to back off. And, and that was hard to learn because I wanted to help so much, you know, for what they've done for us. And that's what we got to remind America of, of who we are. And we're going to get back there again. I, I've never given up hope on America, and I never will. I never will. That's wonderful. I just real quick wanted to address something. We've got a lot of uh, the veterans that are committing suicide, and one of the things that uh, I thought was really something that we should put out there is the fact that even though these veterans are homeless and a lot of them suffer with PTSD, um, to help ensure that they're not committing suicide, they're with other veterans in a safe environment, and that in itself could keep them uh, sane, healthy, and happy just to be around brothers and to feel like they're safe. They belong somewhere and comfortable, and I think that will make a difference as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that, that brotherhood lasts forever. It lasts a lifetime. Just, you know, just like Absolutely. the oath that they take, that oath never ends. And I'm going to remind the, the, the general citizens of this country by certain things that I can't give away yet, but the vets are going to be doing backflips once I announce this stuff. And if, you know, if my numbers are poor and there's a decent president coming up, I may pass that on. Or I'm just going to pass it on to the veterans myself because there's so many things that we can do to to reassure their benefits. You know, we, we can lock the benefits in for the veterans in the United States Constitution with an amendment, which is a part of it with our military status and strength. And it has to happen. It well, I mean, look, look at this. Look, look at this, guys. Well, let's put it into a basic economic system here, uh, uh, explanation. We have had billions and billions and billions of dollars of Iranian money frozen in our own system for, for, for you know, 30 years now or better. Uh, how much of that still is there? Who knows with the U.S. government? But on the same, on the same take, we're going to enable this nation – to become a nuclear power, even though they say it to be able to basically give the Iranian people electricity, we will all see about that in time. I'm not buying that for a minute, but it's because I don't trust them. But uh, at the same time, we're giving $150 billion to the Iranian government. Now, you tell me how many homeless veterans we would have if that money were spent right here at home. I doubt we would have any homeless veterans if we had that amount of money. Right. You know, I mean, I don't have a problem helping people when we can help them, when we have the extra to do it. But when we're having to go into debt to be able to support foreign governments while our own people, our own veterans, our own children, our own families here in America are suffering, uh, no. I mean, look, look at all the homeless people we have out there, not just veterans, just homeless people, period, 
and look at all the empty housing. Look at all the cities that have houses exactly. boarded up exactly. that are sitting there in tax rolls. Why don't they just give that to a veteran? Give that home to give that home to uh, a mother with her three children. Give that and let her let them worry about let their families and the communities get together and fix that home up for them. Uh, and let that, those people start paying property taxes. That's all you got to do is pay the property taxes. That's a win-win situation for everybody. Sure yes, is. it is. And I think if we took some of these politicians and cut their salaries in half and donated that money to the veterans and or revamping the health care system on their dime, we would see a whole lot less of these fat-pocketed politicians in office. Right. Well, the first thing we've got to do is cut their cut, cut their ability to stay in office. We need to put a 12-year limit on, on, on all of Congress. You have to you can do six years in the House, six years in the Senate, or 12 years in either one. Then you've got to go home. I mean, that, I that's just that's the first step we've got to get accomplished. Uh, and right. Until we get that accomplished, I mean, I was uh, Eric. I was telling you something not too long ago on our first radio show. We have got uh, let me let me get this right. Thirteen congressmen, if I'm correct, that's been in office 435 years. Yeah, you're right. Yep, you're I right mean, on. And people don't see a problem with that. You've got nutcases. John McCain was a bright guy. He's seventy something years old. He's about as senile as Thad Cochran. Uh, at least John McCain can find his way to the right cafeteria. <laughs> but I, I, at, least, at least I think he can. I mean, you, you got Nancy Pelosi. That every time she opens her mouth, I feel sorry for the woman. I honestly do. I mean, you know, why, why would you? Why would your family let you make a complete fool of yourself on a regular basis? You know, if that was well, my mother keep, or my well, grandmother, keep, I would. Right. Well, they got to keep those people in, in, in government so the nepotism can flow freely, especially in California. You know, the nepotism, favoritism, and everything that they get to share all these wonderful government contracts with uncles and cousins and spouses and everything else. So they got to keep grandma going, you know, pump, pump her full of whatever medication that she needs that week and push her out there and hope for the best is what it seems like to me. Well, you know, I know it's like there was a joke we had not too long ago talking about California. You know, the whole coastline is nothing but blue. It's all Democrats. But all of in-state California is all red. And everybody says the big earthquake is coming. Well, if the big earthquake comes and takes all the all the all the all the coastline off, that means all the people, all the red, all the people that are voting right constitutionally. We now have oceanfront property, and I don't have a problem with that at all. Let it go. Absolutely. I have a question. If anybody can answer this for me. Go ahead. Okay. I do not think that the American citizens agree with the Iran nuclear deal. I think 90% of us that have our heads screwed on straight know this is a bad idea. What in the world can we do about it? Because – if Iran gets a nuke, they're, you know darn good and well they're not over there uh, creating electricity. They're trying to build a nuclear weapon. Uh, we all know this. So how do we tell the president no? How do we make sure it goes to Congress you know, and make sure that they understand this isn't going to happen? They've done jumped on the bandwagon and voted for the president to override the veto so he can get his way and what he wants. How do we stop it? Because it is well, you know, the, boat, the boat. The boat has not come to pass yet. Okay, they have got the numbers in case because you know we all the Congress is already controlled by Republicans. 
So they do have the ability to uh, uphold a, a veto from the president. So if, in other words, if they do deny it, the, 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 the president can veto it being denied, and then they can actually do an override. Uh, I think it's how it works. Uh, but anyway, you've got Lamar Alexander, Bob Coker of Tennessee. I mean, what in the hell are these guys thinking? They're voting for it. Uh, there was a list of six Republicans. Now, these are the guys that we need to be calling and letting their phones, I mean, literally melt down. And not just their Washington offices. I'm talking about every one of their state offices, too. And at September 21st, we're putting a list out of the 34 Democrats and the six Republicans voting for it. We've got, uh, I know we've already got 47 Facebook, major Facebook pages going along with us. Uh, they, those guys have friends that I don't have. They're reaching out to them. We're organizing behind the scenes. September the 21st, our, our, ladies, our, our lady that does magical stuff with the, with the coloring book, as I call it, but she's our graphics person. She's actually the lady you talked to tonight. Uh, she, she's retiring from when as of September the 11th. But um, and that's going to be a really bad day for me. But anyway, um, she has got, got the guy with the genius thing she put together, the nuclear thing, and then and, and, and all in black, all in black and white, and then the writing in yellow, talking about that we need to make these calls. So you're going to see all over Facebook from September 21st all the way to the date of the of the vote uh, every two hours on all these major pages, hopefully about 300 of them when we get through, that are going to be putting this out there. Get off your butt. Call your congressman. Call your, and it's going to go on every two hours. We're going to blast Facebook with it constantly and let these people know, if you vote yes to the bill, we are going to vote no to you at the polls. And, and that's one thing we can do. Right. I think right. personally, how old is Lamar Alexander? How old is the other uh, guy you mentioned? These <laughs> Bob, these men. Bob Coker's new. You, Bob Coker's new. It's just his second term. Lamar Alexander was the guy that walked across the state of Tennessee and became governor, and was really a great guy until he's been in Washington too long, and and, it's, and basically he's not a Republican anymore. He 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 turned into a liberal Democrat to a degree, but running under Republican. Okay. Thing, you know, and then you've got uh, Thad Cochran in Mississippi that's been there now 43 years. 43 years, guys. He's been a congressman longer than we've had the internet. Yeah. And people okay, don't say. Then, all right, here's my question. How can, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I know common sense is not common, but this country hates America. They want us dead and gone. But these people that are in office are going, eh, let's give them a nuke. It's no big deal. What are they thinking? You know, that's why I brought well, the moral age. Is it because he don't have long to live that he doesn't care what happens to his grandkids? I don't understand it. Well, it's kind of people that have been that apologize, that It's that apologize for, apologize for America's action syndrome is what's set in, you know. We have so much to be sorry for. And I'm the first one to tell you, America owes a lot of people in the world apologies for the things that, and not the American people, but the American government does. I mean, 
I mean, just like uh, Brian and I were talking earlier about all the atrocities we've committed across the globe uh, in the name of goodwill when it was all about something else beside that. You know, I understand. And it was all about control. I mean, do the countries of the world have a reason to hate the American government? Yes. Do they have a reason to hate the American people? Yes, they do, because why? This is supposed to be the government of buying support of people, and we have to sit here watching our NFL and our NBA and listening to our country and our rock and, our, and, and going to our concerts and, and, and burying ourselves in our little, little worlds and our little jobs that we forgot to look up. We've been That's so busy with our, with, our, with, with our I, with our me and me and me. We forgot about we. And until we start embracing the we concept again, we're not going to win, regardless of, what, regardless of what you do. That's the reason why the We Are One America project is, is going to work. It's because we're not working about Washington. We're, work, we're, we're actually going to build infrastructures within states and build communities within states, community activities. Every state director is going to be on the phone with his, with his state rep uh, getting stuff done. Uh, uh, they're going to be introducing their own legislation that's going to better their lives and their state. At the same time, these guys are going to be helping us pass national legislation, which is our first one is going to be to get rid of the Bureau of Land Management. Uh, and, um, and it's a doable thing, the reason why we picked it. Uh, I can't think of too many senators coming back to their home, home state saying, I think it's better for the federal government to run, uh, run out of land. So, I mean, you know, I'll say, I'll, I think Bobby knows this and, and Brian knows this. Um, most of the work that we're going to do once I get, do get to Washington, that most of the work is going to be done through this uh, state convention assembly under Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution because Congress is going to fight so much. But thank God the Founding Fathers put another a tool in there for us to use as a people. And you talk about uniting this country again. Once they realize how much of a voice they have through the state convention and be involved and make critical decisions, they're going to have to be done to get our economy back and our jobs back and our and our sovereignty from from any outside forces. Any foreign entity has no business telling us how to do our elections, uh, uh, tell us about gun control, tell us about our humanitarian rights. And once we do that, we're going to unite this country as we once were, and we'll be unstoppable. And well, you know, we, gotta, you know. we won't get this from Congress, and you know, and you know, you'll never hear me on a platform with or any of my speeches saying I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. It's going to be we. It's going to be us. It's not about me. You know. Well, let, let me let me let me ask how you guys a question here. See see how well versed you are on some things. Okay, I'm going to ask a blatant, a straight out question. That I want a yes or no answer from each of you, and then I'm going to and I'm going to and I'm going to go one step further than that. Is our national debt real? Yes. John? Yes, sir. Okay. So you all right, you and Eric say our national debt's real. Now let me let me put it to you this way. We're the most prosperous country in the world. We have the <clears throat> largest economy in the world. Uh now, what if I told you let me explain break it down to you. Because I'm pretty good with 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 with, with being an economist, by the way. Uh, 
the American people many years ago were raising 400 times a cane about all the money we were giving away. We're still giving it away, but we were a lot, we were giving a lot more away way back, okay? Uh, now, we were doing all this, so people were starting to take notice, and the American people were starting to grumble about it, starting to have problems with it and all this stuff. So what if I told you that we're basically borrowing our own money that we've lent to other countries and then paying them interest on our own money so we we could actually, at that way, be able to support the world with our interest payments and not actually physically have to give them money uh, and to make, them, make the politicians look bad. Is our national debt real? Not really. Uh, uh, if, can they come collect it? I, 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 hope, I hope they try. Um, what you do? I mean, the smart move for the president of the United States to do, and it would be, and it would affect our credit rating. But you know what? What the hell? Let it go. Uh, as of today, we're going to making payments on our principal, on our loans, the loans against the money that we have not given you, the actual money that 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 you actually loaned us. And once you look at the money that we actually they have actually loaned us compared to the money that we have given them all over the year that they never repaid to us, you will see a $17 trillion debt go down to about a $4 trillion debt overnight if you want to get realistic about it. Mm-hmm. Right. So can it be very easy to do, too. It would be very easy to do. You know, yeah, just tell them. We're not, we're not paying on more interest rates. We're going to start paying on the principal. We've given you guys enough interest. Most of this exactly. money we're paying interest on is ours in the first place. Get over it. We're done. We're going to start paying our principal off. If you don't like it, well, you know where the East Coast is and the West Coast is and where the Gulf of Mexico is and where the Canadian coast is. Come get you some. We'll be ready. When? Oh, come on, guys. Seriously, when was the last time the U.S. government stood up for itself and made an announcement like that? Well, it's because you've got too many people Ryan in Congress Reagan. that are so corrupt that are actually making money off of all this debt. Exactly. That's right. They are getting paid regardless. They don't care. It's all about them, 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 them. Not us, not the people, not the little guy. It's always them. And, and and not now you got to remember, I'm not as uh, educated or as old as some of you gentlemen, but I remember Ronald Reagan, and I think he was the last one to really step up and do anything. But he took a lot of heat for doing so. Oh yes, he did. Oh. He set back the New World Order agenda probably 30, 40 years where Ronald Reagan did. That pissed a lot of people off. Oh, yeah, big time. You know, We're going mean, to do it again. <laughs> and we are going to do it again. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, I mean, if, if Eric gets in the office, and, and I hope he has, a, 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 has some really creative ways to get there. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like the, what the man says. Uh, the reality of it is he's got to be able to get out and get hurt, and he's got to do more than blog talk radio to do it. Is he going to be able to? Uh, I mean, no. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not saying he's not going to be able to make it to Washington, but until he gets out and starts knocking on doors and getting some funding behind him and getting some people behind him and getting on some national news outlets. Uh, and that's something that, you know, I'm hoping we're going to help him with in time uh, to, get his, to get his message out there. But, you know, let, let's talk about the reality of the situation. Uh, I mean, I look at all the candidates that we have out there today, the ones that we know of. I'm talking about the mainstream, mainstream cats out there. You know, 
Ted, let's look, let's talk about Ted Cruz. I like Ted Cruz's ideology. I like his morals. I, 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 I you know, everybody talks about his wife Heidi being Goldman Sachs, but I mean, everybody's got to have jobs. A lot of people are very suspicious of that, you know, Goldman Sachs and everything. Well, you know, she's been attached to the U.S. government too, in some other roles. I'm not exactly sure of her title, but. He was involved. Still there? I'm here. I'm still here. Oh, okay. <laughs> I heard somebody break in. But yeah, it's, I love Ted Cruz. You know, I would stand with him anywhere. And I'm going to, you know, let's say I do make it. He's going to be invited to my cabinet, either as a vice president or somewhere else. But he's so important to legislation. It's. He's so important. Him and Rand Paul are so important to past, present, and future legislation to get all these things done. You know, we're going to have to hammer it because they support the state convention process as well. And we're going to have, you know, Louis Gomer. He's another great one. Jeff Sessions. He's another one I would trust. And and plus Mark Levin and many others around the country were constitutionalists. They know every dotted I and every cross T. And we're going to have to stick to that because Congress is going to be so up in arms that, that a truck driver just became president, and he's going to fight for the working class and the blue-collar people of, the, of America and the middle class. And they're going to be so upset. They're going to be so mad that it happened. Plus, it's a slap in the face of the media. How the heck did he get in? He didn't give us millions of dollars. Well, no. We should get it. Excuse me we one second, guys. Bobby? Excuse me one second. Bobby? You there? Do what? Yeah, Bobby. I was going to ask, uh, guys, y'all go ahead with the conversation. I've got to get off of here. And, Bobby, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. And um, we'll see y'all later. Nice meeting you, John. Nice, nice meeting you, too, John. And this is look Brian. I just figured I would sit back and be quiet and let y'all talk it, talk it out because, you know, sometimes my mouth gets real big and vocal and, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not good in politics, so I'm just going to be quiet and sit back. And I got a four-year-old that wants to play, so I got to get There you go. <laughs> y'all have right. a good night and talk to y'all tomorrow. Take care, okay? Take care, John. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. So, Brian, where did Bobby go? I think he dropped off. Honestly, I do because <laughs> I was—I heard his phone sound like it broke up there for a split second, and then it was like he was gone. So I wonder if his phone died or something. So now you're stuck with me. <laughs> oh, Don. Hello, Hello, guys. Ryan. I think, I think we have a pretty good audience tonight, though, listening in. Hello, everybody. Are you listening to me? Can you hear me? We are now. Hi. Well, I don't know. My my, my phone, my child just committed suicide. (laughs) I mean, it it says it's charging. It won't come on or nothing. I didn't realize headphones burn your battery up. I started the show with a full battery. Usually I have a half a battery done by the time I'm through. This rascal pulled my battery. I heard it going beep beep a while ago, but I didn't know it was telling me my battery was dying. 
I ain't never seen that happen before. I, I didn't realize that this uh, external microphone and this other thing uh, created uh, created that problem. I don't know from now on. Next thing I know, I'm sitting there just talking away, and it just went, bam. See you later. <laughs> yeah, we went on without you. We we carried on without you, but in your name. So Okay, that, that, that works. Uh, I get worried when people do things you. in my name. Okay. Well, now, we spoke highly that, of that. you. And... Well, at least, Bobby, you're having a good time. Like I told Don before he got off the phone, I said, I decided I'd stay back and be quiet. My big mouth don't need to control the show the whole time. But oh, you, well. you had missed some of it, Bobby. I mean, you know, like, you know, what's your question? And, you know, what a slap in the face to Congress and all these corrupt bastards in Washington and the media that a, a, a blue-collar truck driver gets in office and he actually knows how to fix the country with the help of the people getting involved and we'll just push you aside and say, hey, finish your term and go home. Or if I find out you commit treason or if you have a, a police record of any kind, you're either going to resign or you're going to go to jail. None of these politicians on stage now, you will hear that coming out of their mouths. And they think it can't be done. But it will be done if I get there. Actually, guys, to be honest with you, I'm looking at my phone, and I've got 65% battery. It's just completely locked up. I guess the NSA got tired of listening to me. I couldn't even turn back on. I had to reset it. Wow. That's anyway, guys, you can't, you, can't, you can't stop me. i got two phones, don't you know? <laughs> I've we got three. Right. That's crazy. Got backup plan, buddy. You know, y'all need to get uh, the phones back up and running. So if y'all want to zap the other one, I'll just hook up to it. We can play back and forth for the next 20 minutes. It don't bother me at all. Anyway, um, all right. So we're talking about the national debt and how it's, in my mind, it's not a reality because we're just borrowing money that we've actually, we're just getting money back from countries that we've loaned money to or given money to over the years. If you want to get down to reality of the situation, if you take the amount of money that we've given to all these nations and take that out plus interest that we've been paying and, and add interest to the stuff that they've been giving us and look at it, we're probably looking at about $4 trillion. And let's just pay that off and be done with it. You know, um, uh, I mean, I wouldn't even have a problem. And I'm going to hear a lot of America go, oh, my God, no, if we made a constitutional amendment that said we were going to take the money out of Social Security, pay the national debt, we were going to take our, our we were going to take our interest payments that we've been paying every year out, out to these countries and put it back into Social Security, make it mandatory for the government to do that, to replenish that money, and then we wouldn't have these interest payments. We wouldn't have a debt and balance the national the federal budget, the national budget. Uh, hey, I, I'd have no problem doing it just that way, but it would have to be in writing to make it happen. Oh yeah. Well. I don't know. I think we have too much. Even, Eric, if you get in office. Okay, let's play hypotheticals for a second. I don't think the answer is making amendments and passing laws. I think it's just getting rid of the bureaucracies and downsizing everything because, look, look at Prohibition. They had to pass an amendment to make alcohol illegal. And then that backfired. So what did they do? The constitutional thing, pass an amendment, 
to say, okay, now alcohol is no longer illegal. And then we got the drug war, the war on drugs, which the government ships in all the drugs. Have they ever passed an amendment? No. It's through the UN. Oh, and, they, and some bureaucratic agency says it's a whatever class drug it is, and it's destroying our communities because our government brings it in. The problem isn't we need amendments, we need laws. No, we got too many bureaucracies, and they're too big. Right. Easily. Well, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, it, you're talking about a bureaucracy. Look, take for instance, if you took the VA and took all the bureaucrats running it and took it down to a a national manager uh, and a and with him having a, a, small, a small staff, you take all of that bureauc- bureaucracy out of Washington and put the administration into each one of the hospitals instead of Washington hire veterans to actually run the Veterans Administration, could you imagine what a beautiful world it would become? Um, but how many... So, actually, there are, the military already runs it, though, is it? but it's active duty, right? No, 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 sir, you're wrong. Private citizens run the VA. Oh, yeah, well... No. Okay, I, used to, though, wasn't it... Wasn't it kind of run with military personnel at one time? I mean, well, back in the time, day. to a degree. Yeah. yeah. To a degree, yeah, when it was actually people could get help and people got help. But, you know, I never saw the sense of doing that in the first place. And instead of building all these buildings and spending all these billions of dollars, give every guy every guy and, and woman that comes back uh, a Medicare card and say, here, go to the hospital everybody else goes to. Right. You know, uh, and, and, you know and, and make it happen that way. You know, mm-hmm. privatized medicine is a lot more efficient than people give it credit yeah. for. Now, I, w- I will tell you this much. I will tell you this much, too, at the same time, though. If you want to stay if you want to stay healthy, you need to go to a free clinic or a, a city hospital clinic because they do not have time to have you come back every three weeks to get another bottle of pills because they didn't give you quite enough the first time so you can get sick again so they can build Medicare, Medicaid, or your insurance company for another visit. If well, you really want to get well, go, go, to a, go to a clinic. Now, that might be true. I can't really speak to that. But I do know that we used to have the best medical system in the world. Uh, as in, we were the top notch. It was totally privatized. Uh, we had charity care where 25% of the care that went into a hospital had to be free, so nobody got turned away. And then the government stepped right. in and started through lobbying through the insurance companies so they could charge more. They come in and regulated everything, quit telling people about charity care, and now they're, well, the resources are limited. We have to start cutting some of it off. So it's now like, we're... You know, how dare, how dare you have charity care when we can make part money off of that person? What's wrong with you? See, that's the problem is human nature yeah. is involved. Is People say, ooh, why do I need to fix anything if I can just do this and make all this money? It's called greed, right. guys. Absolutely. Yep. Exactly. And it's just human nature. You know, capitalism is one of the greatest entrepreneurial type systems in the world. But the problem is when you have the government 
controlling the capitalism and controlling the market. And you got you mean you get crony capitalism to where it's it's geared to the people that are governing your nation is allowed to be part of that system to make money, then you fail. And that's where we failed. I mean, back in the day, I can remember when the president went into office, he had to put all of his holdings in, 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 a, in, a, in a, like a, um, like a holding, within a holding company. He couldn't vote on anything in that company. He couldn't have any insight in that company. He couldn't make any decisions. If he was caught making decisions, he could be impeached. Uh, Congress did the same thing. And over the years, we've gotten away from that. They can still protect their own private interests while they're in office, and that's not a good that's not a good combination. Anyway, you put it when you put a man in in, in charge of his own one hundred percent in charge of his own destiny. Uh, it's not it's not it never, uh, his own financial destiny. Let me put it that way. When you when you're one hundred percent in charge of his own financial destiny, you're looking for a debacle to happen. And guess what, folks? Right. Look at look at look at look at Capitol Hill. I don't even like the term capitalism. I think it should be totally, completely free market. If you fail, so what? You go bankrupt, you start over. But see, we've never had a free market system. I mean, we thought we did, but how many of us actually? No, we've never really had a free market system. Because if I mean, you look, you know, it's always the big corporations that work with government to get bailouts. Because you think the housing debacle in 08, the housing collapse, the first that was the first bailout? No. How many of you have read the book The Creature from Jekyll Island and the big bailout the train companies got, which is how we got Amtrak, which is one of the most, what do you call it? It is one of those big things that they funnel money through. It's a money laundering system. It's, yeah, man, it mass, it's man, mass transit for the American people. And if we're going to put that much money in Amtrak, why don't we just use it as a as, as, as what it should be then? I mean, we got Amtrak basically because it went bankrupt, if, I, if I, my history serves itself. Uh, it wasn't called Amtrak, but yeah. Yeah. And we got it there. Well, the American people have already paid for it, okay? So why don't we take it and figure out what it actually costs us to run it without all the bureaucracy and without all the other stuff and start giving people a mass transit system in the country to where they can travel the United States, get to know their neighbors, and do it at a pretty good rate. Heck, you could get on an airplane cheaper than you can get on Amtrak these days. Yeah. Well, see, and, and the other well, thing is all this. The states, all the states have their little fingers in on it, too, up and down the eastern uh, seaboard. Especially see, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you have to pay a fee to travel through the states, and that should have been done away with. The states shouldn't be allowed to do that. I'm sorry. I, I believe in state sovereignty, but if we have a mass transit system that the government has put into place, it should be a mass transit, and they shouldn't have to pay taxes for state to go to state to state to state. It is part of the government. Right. Exactly. I agree, too. Well, and that can I be mean, done very easily. See, what what happened is, over the years, you know, after 
George Washington. I don't think it took real long after George Washington. I think Thomas Jefferson right. Every 50 years, you should overthrow the government and start over. Um, and we didn't. So we got what we got. But it didn't take long for men to say, hey, I got a business. Hey, I should run for office. Then guess what? I'm in control of making the laws to do what? Better my business. That's all we got up there is a bunch, and that's why I say I don't trust Donald Trump. Yeah, he might be amongst the elite that's actually trying to save the country. That's true. I'm not going to say he's not. But all we got is a bunch of contracts and business partnerships that are going on behind the scenes. Look how many people all the way up to the Supreme Court that has either worked with Monsanto or been an attorney for Monsanto. I mean, you go all the way back to G.D. Searles. G.D. Searles created aspartame. They knew the cancers aspartame would cause when it was passed. Who bought G.D. Searles? Monsanto. Who was, uh, oh, what was the guy's name that was part of the FDA before Bush? I think he was part of the DOD or something under Bush. I can't think of his name. Uh, I mean, the first thing the president could do, the first thing the president should do when he goes in the office is to tell Monsanto they have to divest in this country. They're no longer welcome here. They need to get rid of George Soros. For God's sake, take Ted Turner somewhere. Um, yeah. President, President, Obama, <laughs> President Obama said needs to be told that, hey, uh, we're not going to prosecute you for the crimes against this country, but you're leaving here with $250,000 of your own money. You and your family will not be living in the United States, and we're not offering you a security detail. Take yourself a home. Goodbye. Uh, Hillary Clinton, the same thing. We need to start making these things really, really we need to start making it very accountable. We need to make people understand you cannot sit here and walk on the American people and we're going to sit here and go out in the corner drooling going, oh, my life is wonderful. But, you know, we created this. I mean, if you really get down to it, we created this society by doing one thing. When we threw out the minority situation, and instead of actually making them stand up and becoming a, uh, a responsible part of society – and giving them the same opportunities that, quote, white privilege had. And at one time, that was a viable statement. Uh, and we all have, if anybody in America argues with me on that, I'm going to tell you you're a liar, because that's just the way it was. They did not want the minorities to become better. They did not want, they, it scared them. Um, if we had actually given the people that were in this country the tools to succeed and survive and to create their own lives instead of handing them welfare, and making excuses for them and dumbing down the entire nation to accommodate them, we would be an outstanding nation today. I mean, uh, look at all the – I mean, you wouldn't have folks running around the neighborhood selling dope and shooting up their neighborhoods. They'd be at home cutting their grass and having to go to, go to bed so they'd get up in the morning and go to work because they knew how to do something. Yeah. We used to teach something in our schools, and we don't do that anymore. Our, our nope. schools are – our schools are – are nothing but child care centers to a great degree. We're, we're, we've got colleges out here teaching all these jobs, and we're doing, doing student loans for, for jobs that aren't even available in the country anymore. Yeah, here it is. They, here they it is. teach our kids. They teach our young people that it's okay to rely on government. It's okay to rely on welfare. You know, and that is so wrong. Yeah, here it it's is. Unsustainable. Unsustainable. What? 
what I was talking about about the FDA says the FDA had actually banned aspartame based on his finding on this finding only to have Searle chairman you'll know the name Donald Rumsfeld currently the Secretary of Defense at the time of 2001 wow called in his markers to get it approved See, they knew that's what I'm saying it's not about protecting the people. It never has been. It's all about enriching themselves. You look at Donald Rumsfeld's history. He was on the council of G.D. Searles, which later got bought up by Monsanto. You find one of the Supreme Court justices has ruled on, I want to say, every case involving Monsanto that's been before the Supreme Court. I cannot think of his name. He refuses to recuse himself from the case but because he, he has a clear conflict of interest, why? He was one of the attorneys for Monsanto. So that's what I'm saying. It's human nature. You've got a bunch of men and women wanting to enrich themselves, screw the American people. And what happens? When in Rome, what happens? They destroy themselves. Right, exactly. I mean, when in Rome do as the Romans do. And, you know, it, it, like with those same judges, if they hadn't been there, recruits recuse themselves and, and, and let, the, let, the, let the actual file get open and let the people actually see what's in it. And if you actually want to go into these big corporations and look through all the dummy corporations, and, and it's not that hard to do, Americans. I want you to listen to me very carefully. Go inside and look at all these big corporations running America and look who their stockholders are. Now, you're going to have to look. You're going to have to look closely. You're going to have to go into dummy corporations and all this stuff that own this stuff, but when you get down to the bottom of the pile and you find out whose name actually owns all this stuff, who's actually pushing the button, then you can be really pissed off because you should be because guess what? You've been taken for a ride and they've been laughing at you the whole way. Guys, it's 7.57 right now. It's fixing to be 7.58. Uh, uh, we're fixing to uh, wind down the show. It's been a great show. I'm glad everybody got to be here tonight. Uh I want to take a few moments and say thank you, for Eric, Eric, for being here with us tonight. Thanks, Tom, thank for speaking. John Pate, uh, I know you're hopefully you're still listening. Great to have you on. Look forward to having you tomorrow night. Sylvester Bland, if you're listening, you got a show with me tomorrow night. Uh, you're listening to Reach Out America, the voice of the American people. It's our show on Saturday, a roundtable. We kind of have open topics here. But at this time, everybody, I ask everybody to do the same thing every, every night that I'm on there. Uh, and I don't want you to sit down. I want you to please stand, put your hand over your heart, and uh, I want to take a few moments of silence for our fallen and our veterans and even our first responders, and, uh, and we're going to lead out with a national anthem. Well, on behalf of everybody at WINN, good night, and God bless America.
Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye.